Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season 2. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all-arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space, to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A, B, C, D. <laughs> is that funny? So each week, I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together. We grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall, and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. Hi friends, it's time for your weekly dose of Busy Mumsy. Well, today I'm thrilled to welcome Cheryl Newville onto the show. Cheryl is a midwife, doula, and birth advocate. I've read recently she also spent her early uh, years in training um, to be a doula and a midwife in Uganda. So obviously I can't wait to hear about her journey here. So let's dive on into this week's Busy Mumsy chat. Cheryl Newville, welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to have to just show a little snippet of this because there she is in her beautiful blue Lori, what is her name? Naomi. Oh, hi, Naomi. Hi. Oh my goodness. <laughs> How old is Naomi? Uh, she is 20 months. Oh, wow. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, you probably already have a line around the door right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Where are you, you know, doing this recording from? Like, what, what's, where, where are you in the States? Yeah, so I'm in Utah right now. But I'm originally from Boston. Love it. I love Boston. Yeah, me too. I have such fun, fun, fond memories of family trip to Boston. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. No, I absolutely love that. Yeah, I, I love it. I used to love going downtown with my family, doing the Freedom Trail, the duck tours. All of it was really great. So I yeah. definitely miss it. I'm excited to take her back now that she's a little older, so... Yeah, you know, I'm actually venturing um, to New York City soon. Ooh. And actually, I feel like that this podcast recording will come out when I'm in New York. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited to share with Adia, like, yeah. essentially, like, raised in. Because I, even though I was born and raised in Moundsville, West Virginia, we mm-hmm. just spent so much time in New York City because oh, of dancing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it just, like, was such a heartbeat for me. So I can't wait to there like oh so cool i love that we have so much in common we have so much in common i'm gonna make you my fast friend and (laughs) i have to start with your love of movement first because it's something that i i haven't danced i tried to do a double pirouette not too long ago and failed miserably at it and (laughs) i was so off my center that i don't even know where to find it again but that's okay that is okay. It's okay. It's totally where, fine. <laughs> where did your love of movement come from and when did you start dancing? Oh, wow. What a great question. So I started dancing when I was three. Um, and it started off as an outlet for me. 
um, because there was a lot of turmoil in my household. And so my mom signed me up for dance classes and I just fell in love with it. And it was a way for me to not only escape, but also let out my emotions. So it turned into therapy almost for me. And I continued to do it through high school. And then my senior year, um, the University of Utah, which is where I ended up going to school. That's how I ended up in Utah in the first place. Um, they contacted me because they had seen a couple of my, um, my videos of me when I was doing competitions and asked me to fly out for an audition uh, for their dance department. And so I was like, yeah, sure. I wasn't, you know, I didn't really have much plans after high school. I have interviewed at a few different universities, but I never saw myself dancing in college. And so I went out and auditioned and I got in and ended up in Utah uh, and did that. So that's kind of how I ended up doing dance and I danced professionally for a little bit as well. So was it like kind of then in your head, like, oh, I want to do concert dance and I want to like mm. travel the globe because there's so many incredible dance companies to be a yes. part of. Yes, I did see myself in a company for a while. I think that was the path I wanted to take for a really long time, especially when I got into university. Um, because they basically prepare you to, to be able to go out and audition and be a part of companies. So I definitely saw that route for myself um, oh. when I started to take it more seriously. Yeah, I mean, once you have the bug, you yeah. have the bug. Yeah. And I have, I have to share that when you said that you started dancing. Oh. Yeah. No, clap, clap for mommy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, sweetheart. I, I have a three-year-old and okay. she's currently taking a ballet class on a Monday, nice. creative dance on a, on a Thursday. And let me tell you, she is like Tondu. Yes. Uh -huh. And it just makes my heart sore. I mean, as much, as much as that career choice can really, you know, it can slap you at times like yeah. many careers, but you know, it's not always a fun little tickle and a hug. Um, you know, I, I, I'm really curious to see how she explores movement, um, as of, you know, right now we're so early on with it, like it brings her joy. And to me, I'm like, if we can bottle that forever, I will be a happy mommy. Oh, absolutely. I think that's so incredible. And she will meet so many great friends. I learned a lot about discipline and just my own body as well. So there's a lot of great benefits to getting children into movement. So I'm really excited for her journey. Absolutely. Well, I would love for you to then share your next journey as you are a midwife and a doula. And it's such a, a road and a decision. I mean, you're a giver, clearly. I mean, <laughs> as a performer, you're a giver, right? But then this type of work is like another level of giving and sharing you and not just your your mental capacity, like the emotional side of it is you surrender, right? You have to surrender for that person. What was your journey to this decision to, to decide to go this path? Because I can't imagine it was just something that, you know, oh, I'm going to put the dance shoes away and boom, this is where I'm going. No, yeah, I, I was kind of in my junior year of college and I started to realize that I could get jobs and continue to dance without being in university. And so I was like, well, I still wanna study something. And I was kind of in between majors and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. 
And so um, it was kind of funny. I just Googled, because I always loved healthcare. I think that was something I was always drawn to. I got my CNA in high school and just worked in a hospital for a really long time. So um, yeah, I knew I'd, I'd like it and wanted to do something further with it. And um, dance opportunities would still come either way. And so um, hopefully you can hear me. <laughs> I can hear you perfectly. Okay. Um, so one night I was just Googling and the word midwife just popped into my head and I was like, what the heck? And so I typed it in Google, looked at what a midwife was because I was curious. And at the same time, my mom had called me and she knew I was in between majors. And so she was like, have you ever thought about being a midwife? Just like randomly, like she called me and just said that. And I was like, I'm literally on Google right now researching midwife. <laughs> like it was so mind blowing. And she was like, well, your great grandmother was a midwife. She delivered your older siblings. She delivered me and like told me all these really beautiful stories. So then I was like, wow, like maybe there's something here. I want to investigate this more. And so there was this program, volunteer program. And I signed up for it and they had an option for like seven to 10 countries that you could choose from. And so Uganda was on the list and it was the only African country and I had never been out of the country before. So I was like, okay, well, the first time I go out of the country, I wanted to be to Africa because, you know, at least I could feel a little closer to home. And so I signed up and went to Uganda and I started um, volunteering in a small maternity clinic and I got to see birth and assist with births. And so that's where I fell in love. And I was like, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, it was like chills down the spine every time, like crying every time a birth happened. And I still cry at birth. Like, I think it's so beautiful. And it just felt so fulfilling. It was nothing I ever experienced to see someone take their first breath of life and be able to just accompany, you know, parents on that journey was incredible and then i have to i have to ask then when you make the decision to come to uganda which is a lovely place as i sit here now um, what i mean did you always have also inside of you that i want to be a mom because in that road is can you work in that profession where you're helping someone bring life into the world, but then also your own personal path of, oh wait, maybe I, I, I do, maybe I don't. Like, what was it? Was it always an alignment and a thought, or was it something then that came from your ability to then help coach and be there for other expecting moms? That's a great question. I think I've always wanted to be a mom, but I never really imagined or. I when I started on the path to midwifery and becoming a doula, I guess I didn't really think about how it would impact my motherhood journey because I just wasn't in that space at the time. So I'm learning it now that I'm actually back at work and continuing to do things like, okay, this is how to navigate it with a child because you essentially leave your own child to go and help bring another child into the world. Right. Another parent. So there is that back and forth. So I've had to learn to pace myself and, be honest with like, okay, where am I at emotionally? Um, do I feel ready to step back into this? Do I need to pull back? You know, so I have a good pace going where I take like one client a month and that's a good pace for me right now. Um, slowing things down because 
it's okay to do that. And I'm learning that that's okay. And this is a precious time to be with my child as well. Don't um, you feel that's like one of the number one things you learn when you do become a mom is like the time yeah. to compartmentalize time. Yeah. We become the absolute like banging bosses when it comes to how do I allocate my time and put it at service best when I am full time with a child. Right. Exactly. And that's kind of where I'm navigating it. Like even now doing this podcast, I'm like, okay, my husband's at work and like, he's I here. Navigate this and uh, you know, cause it's all part of it. So it's great because she is so fun to be around. She loves going to postpartum visits with me and seeing all the new babies. And so, yeah, it's, it's I think you might have a singer on your hand, not a dancer. <laughs> I know. We'll see. We'll see what she ends up doing. But but yeah, I think that's kind of it. It's just like I'm learning to roll with it and really be gentle with myself and then making sure I'm available for, for the, the clients that I support because I will get that call at three o'clock in the morning, you know, going ready to go to a birth. And, uh, you know, that's hard. It's really hard. Um, but I have a great partner. I have a great husband that kind of helps me and takes over. I have friends in the area, um, you know, who, who take her on so that way I can, can go to the birth and then go and pick her up. So it's a good flow, but I realize I have to space it because you can easily be doing two to three of those births a week. And it's, it's a lot. And I don't think I can keep that pace right now. And what was, go back to Uganda, because of course I'm so curious at um, you know, I've, I've actually have been living here now for seven months. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, what you know, it's, encouraged you to want to live there? And then this is now your podcast and you yeah. can ask me any questions. No, no, no. I'm really curious. <laughs> you you know, know, I'm just like, but, no, no. But you know what? The, the long of the short of it is that my husband has a energy business. And okay. as you know, Uganda's on the equator. Yeah. So you, you can essentially get what seven, eight hours of direct sun all day, every day, yeah. unless on those occasional rains, but it's raining here more and more. So I don't know what year you were here, but I, I would have to say that like, it's kind of bizarre that it just comes through a lot now. Like there's a been since January, it's a lot of rain. Wow. So, so yeah, but going back to you, when did you come to Uganda and what was your experience like? Because I, I mean, I've, my mom has been here now to visit and you know, we've had other friends come and, you know, they love it, but they, they've stayed for a snippet of time. So I think it's always interesting to hear that. Like, how was your journey here for a longer stint? It was really, um, it was really life-changing. I think the first three months that, so I, I, the first time I went was in 2017 and I stayed for three months. And then I, I met my husband while I was on that first trip. He's from Uganda. And so oh, he, is. he is, yes. So went back and we got married and I lived there and we did long you meet, him? Did you meet him at, at one of those crazy clubs here. Cause they no, I never clubbed when I was there. <laughs> you were, you were out clubbing at, at cast. You were just dancing away and there he was. I wish. No, I met him at church, which is the complete opposite. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I met oh. him at church. He was so handsome and so sweet. And he would come and visit me at the maternity ward and bring me lunch, which was so nice. So it was like a really slow, gradual courtship. Um, it took me a while to realize that he was actually trying to court me. I was like, oh, okay. Like, just because I thought he was being nice and bringing me food. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> He's like, no, actually, oh, I to take you out. Man, it feeds. That's, that is the way to, to anyone's heart, is yes. it? Is, right? <laughs> yes. And it hasn't stopped. <laughs> oh, I love that. Now, what was your experience like going through your courses as someone who was, you were in training, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was it was definitely different because I had to switch to a program where I could be able to travel and still be in the program. So I found a virtual program, which was really nice for my midwifery. And that allowed me to be able to go to Uganda and still study. So that was really nice. And then um, the internship that I did at the beginning um, where I volunteered, or where I volunteered, I ended up interning. So that was really um, great. And I was able to shadow a couple of um, the midwives that I had worked with previously, and they were preceptors for me. Um, but I guess, like, culturally, there were some changes and differences because um, I'm from, well, my family's from West Africa, and so the food was different, the culture, language, and my husband's language is very different as well. So, um, that took some getting used to just as a person, um, learning to navigate that, like using the sigiri to cook with. And I was like, okay, eventually we have to get a stove because this is really hard and navigating married life. And then again, it was long distance for a bit. I had to go back and forth. And so um, that made it really hard, but we got through it. And um, yeah, it was over the course of three years. And by the time he came over to the States, I was about seven months pregnant with Naomi. So um, we lived together when I got pregnant and then I came back to the States at six months pregnant. He came right after me. So. Did you feel, or how did you feel when you were pregnant, expecting and working and delivering? Oh, what was the work? I couldn't do it because I was so sick. Um, that's actually why I had to end up going back to the States. It's just, I kept getting like yellow, I'm not yellow fever. I kept getting typhoid. I kept like getting extremely sick. And so, um, so well, I'm sorry not, not to interrupt, but Cheryl, these potholes can make anyone sick here. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely something to navigate and it was during a lot of political turmoil. So I was really inside a lot because there were like gas bombs always going off or like different riots and crowds. And so it wasn't as safe for me to really go out much. And so my preceptors understood when I had to say no and just stay in and rest. Um, so I didn't really have to navigate that while pregnant. Um, and then I didn't actually start back up with my midwifery until Naomi was around five months old. That's when I started my uh, taking on clients again and started resuming my studies. So. And what has changed now for you? I mean, the obvious is that you have to be a mom on top of being a, you know, you're a working mom now, but for you, confidence wise, how you care for others, how has, has any of that changed? Have you been enlightened? Have you? Yes. Oh, uh, oh, 
I don't know if you're finished with the question, but just I, I feel like the direction that you're going. So I want you just to start talking. So go for it, babe. Yeah, absolutely. I felt so enlightened. I was in Colombia back in February for a midwifery conference, and um, some of the indigenous midwives that I would talk to would say that you know you really can't experience the passage of being a midwife until you've experienced childbirth in some of their communities. That's kind of what um, is part of the requirement of becoming a midwife in their community because there's a certain level of empathy that you develop because you've been in that, that state. And I, I mean, there, I was doing this work before having a baby, but it has changed as far as the level of understanding. Um, you know, I was in labor with her for three days at home and it was really intense. And so um, I feel like that gives me more perspective when I see, you know, my clients laboring and navigating that space as well. I'm like, okay, like I, I can go right back to that, that place with them and, and, and guide them in a way because my body like remembers it. My body has been through it. I'm not saying that people who haven't had that opportunity to, to experience pregnancy and birth cannot work in the birth world at all. I, I think there's plenty of beautiful advocates who have wonderful knowledge, but for me, that definitely elevated my level of empathy even further. Um, and I, it was there, but I think there was something um, that changed within me. And uh, knowing how hard like the breastfeeding journey was for me, and I didn't really understand it or just healing from postpartum and um, yeah, it, it expanded for me. And that was, that was lovely. That was a lovely experience to have. And so I feel like, um, you know, for me, I had a great doula, but a lot of my other healthcare providers were not consistent. And so, you know, one of the things that I changed in when I worked with my clients, I used to just do like three postpartum visits. Now I do one monthly visit until the baby's one years old. Oh, and, wow. um, and the reason why I did that is because I had that experience and being able to have someone check in with me at eight months postpartum, as opposed to like those six weeks, like a lot can happen, you know, around that time and no one's checking in on you. So I, I, I wish I had that. I wish yeah. I, had. and yeah. I, as much as you think that you have your people, right. It's like, mm -hmm. there's, the, the safety of knowing someone's coming to you yes. with a background and the knowledge and the right words. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. It's not a, you know, yeah. get on with it. That's not what we need in that world. We, we need a little bit more of a hug and yeah. better knowledge and understanding that it's okay to feel like you've hit rock bottom or something hurts or you're not okay. And that happens sometimes later. Like it may not happen within the time frame that people expect it to happen. Like, oh, okay, postpartum is, you know, six weeks. Like, no, postpartum can not look. Yeah, it's not. It can extend up to, you know, 18 months or two years for all that you know. And so for me, things didn't start kicking in really like the difficulties until maybe six or seven months postpartum and I was so grateful to have someone that would consistently check on me so that's something that I now offer for my clients because of the experience that I went through well now that you are into motherhood you are back to work yeah. 
is some glorious advice that you could share, some tips, some words of wisdom that you know now about your journey that you would love to share to that expecting busy mumsy? Yeah, so I guess something I would share is to definitely make time for self-care. I take myself on solo dates once a week, if not more if I can. Um, and I have to be out of the house in order to do that because I noticed that a lot of things, like they just naturally fall on the, like, the present more dominant parent at home, right? And so... Um, my husband's great because he will like take over with Naomi and they have a really good flow but I think me being able to remove myself actually allows me to get the relaxation and rest that I want because if she sees me she's like okay I want you and of course um but yeah I found something that that works for me so I'll either go to hot yoga which I love or my ballet class is on Wednesdays so um, so I have something that kind of brings me back to myself and that's what centers me and, and motivates me to, to kind of keep going. And um, it's really changed my emotional state as a, as a working mom as well. And then recognizing that not all days are going to look the same. Like I could have a whole schedule and plan and say, okay, this is what it's going to look like. And she's going to sleep by this time, which means I can get this, this, and this done. And that sometimes isn't the case and so I've learned to just be okay with that it's no one's fault and um you know I I've just been navigating that so I have clients that oh I can see them during the day now I know okay evening appointments might work better because my husband and my daughter have a great nighttime routine going and I'm more available that I can be more hands-on with my clients so it's it's great it's like I kind of just make adjustments as she grows as well and um and yeah, it's, it's they are in charge. They are in charge. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for your glorious time and your little one. And if you guys are ever traveling back over here to Uganda, you have to let me know. Yes, absolutely. We definitely want to go. <laughs> that would be great. Thank you so much for taking the time. We really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Did you like it, Adia? Yes! Oh, the enthusiasm. I love it. Please share your love by giving us a five-star rating, a rockin' review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye-bye, Adia? Bye-bye, Adia. Yeah. <laughs>